Well, don't you love to sing? God has given us some things to uh, encourage us and to stir our hearts, and one of them is music. But he's also given us some ordinances in the church. To the Jews, to the old uh, to the, uh, Israelites, he gave a, an outward mark, a circumcision, and he gave the, the Passover meal. But to Christians, he's given us two, we call them ordinances. Now, I know that some churches call them sacraments, but they're not sacraments because a sacrament means that it actually, that by doing these things, that that imparts some grace to you and that it actually saves you. It's not a sacrament, but it is an ordinance. It's something that God has ordained for us as Christians to remember what Jesus has done for us. And so we're going to be participating in one of those ordinances today called the Lord's Supper or the Communion Meal. And uh, we'll explain more about that a little bit later in the service. But the other ordinance is baptism. And I just want to ask you a question. Have you been scripturally baptized? Have you followed Jesus in the baptismal waters? Now, you do that after you trust Jesus. You don't get baptized. Nobody, nowhere in the Bible do, do we have babies being baptized or anything like that. Always it says believe and be baptized. You believe in Jesus. You trust in him. You receive him as your Savior and Lord. And then you follow him in Christian baptism. And baptism is an act in which you step into the water. And uh, you are giving a testimony to the fact that you believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again for you. And when you are laid back in the water, it's a picture of death. It's a picture of burial. And then when you're raised up out of the water, which is the most exciting part to me, and as I see the water fall off of the face of the person that I'm baptizing, it's just a picture of resurrection. They're coming forth out of the grave. And that's what Jesus did for us. He died, he was buried, and he was raised again from the dead. And that's exciting. And of course, that's what happens to us. When we put our trust in Jesus, we are identifying ourselves with his death. And we're saying, I also was crucified with Christ. I died and I was buried. And I was raised again to walk in newness of life. We're going to look at some scripture this morning. It talks about that. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Lord's Supper at the end. But why should Christians be baptized? Now, I ask you the question, have you been baptized? So just, just answer that in your mind right now. Have, have I been baptized? Have I followed Jesus in obedience to be baptized? All right. Now, if you have not then I want you to listen to the reasons why you should, okay? And, uh, and then at the end of the service, we're going to give an invitation. Those of you who have trusted Jesus but haven't been baptized, we're going to ask you to come and say, Brother Nick, I want to be baptized, okay? I'm just telling you ahead of time where we're going in the service, all right? So let's think about baptism. Why, why should you be baptized? Why should you be baptized? Well, number one is because uh, Jesus was baptized. And by the way, baptism is an act of identification. Identification. 
Jesus was baptized not because he had any sin. He didn't need to be uh, baptized except he came to be identified with us. And when he came and uh, was, was going to be baptized, John the baptizer said, uh, well, I, I don't need to baptize you. I ought to be baptized by you. And Jesus said, no, so that all righteousness, that everything is done right, then uh, baptize me. And he was baptized. And it was a, a way of him identifying with us. I am identifying with the people that I've come to save. And so when we're baptized, we are identifying with him. It's in Matthew 3, 13 through 15, where Jesus said, where the Bible says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented, and then John baptized him. So you got the first point. Why should we be baptized? Because Jesus was baptized. You know, we want to follow Jesus, don't we? We want to do what Jesus told us to do. And he said, I'm setting the pattern and example. I am going to be baptized, and therefore I want those who follow me to be baptized. Uh, what's the second reason that we should be baptized? Because we're commanded to be. <laughs> Jesus just tells us to be baptized, to believe and be baptized. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. This is the last verses in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus was baptized, but he also commanded that we baptize believers. Part of being a disciple of Jesus is being baptized. A third reason we should be baptized is because of what baptism pictures or represents. I was talking to some, some of the young people the other night, and I was telling about my wedding ring. Now, I have this wedding ring on my finger, and so that anybody who sees me, no matter where I am, when they see that ring on my finger, they know something about me. They know, what do they know about me? That I'm married. That's right. Now, the ring doesn't actually make me married. Connor could put this ring on his finger, and would you be married? No, sir. No, sir. That's right. And I don't have it on right now. Am I married? Yes, sir. I certainly am. I've been married a long time. But the ring doesn't make me married, but it shows two things. It shows that I am married, for one thing, but it also shows that I am glad for people to know that I'm married, that I'm not ashamed of being married. And 56 years ago, Carol slipped this ring on my finger, and she said, with this ring, I pledge my love to you. Actually, she said, entreat me not to leave thee, nor to return from following after thee, 
For where thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. That's what you said, isn't it? When you put the... <laughs> well, I remember. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, she was just so... <clears throat> yeah, she was just in a fog. She didn't remember what she said, but she meant it. And uh, when she slipped that ring on my finger... <clears throat> And then I put a ring on her finger and uh, said something very similar to that. I think I said, with this ring, I pledge my love to you. But uh, uh, if I had said, if when she started to put the ring on my finger, if I'd have said, oh, no, 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 I, I don't want to wear a ring. I don't want anybody to know I'm married. Uh, that would have been really bad. I have an idea that things would be very different today than they are if I had said that. But I didn't say that because I wanted people to know I was married. And I wanted people to know that I was happy to be married. And so I still wear that ring every day. I've only taken it off one time in the whole uh, time we've been married. When I went to Liberia, I was told, do not wear a ring because people will cut your finger off and steal your ring if you're wearing a ring. So I said, I'm still married, <laughs> but I, I do want to keep my finger, and, uh, and I, I, so I didn't wear my ring for that two weeks. That's the only time that I've had this ring off in uh, 56 years because I, I want people to know I'm glad to be married. And I want people to know I'm glad to be a Christian. I want people to know that I do identify myself with Jesus, and that's the reason when I trusted Jesus at age 17, I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, I've trusted Jesus, and I want to be baptized. And when I was baptized, it was a very meaningful experience for me because it was my way of saying publicly so that other people could see, I love Jesus, and I am glad to be a Christian. I'm not ashamed of him. So we're baptized for those three reasons. One, because Jesus was baptized. Number two, because he commanded us to be baptized. Number three, because of what baptism pictures and represents. And then the fourth thing, because it's just the pattern in all the New Testament. Anytime a person became a Christian, anytime they trusted Jesus, we read that they were baptized. The Apostle Paul, when he was on his road to, on the road to Damascus, this, uh, Jesus appeared to him, and he trusted Jesus and became a Christian. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verses 18 and 19, uh, after he went into the city and, and, and was confronted by Ananias and so forth, you probably know that story, it says, immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. The apostle Paul was baptized. And then in Acts chapter 10, verses 47 and 48, when Peter went to the household of Cornelius and he shared the gospel with them and they believed, then he said in chapter, 40, uh, chapter 10, verse 47, can anyone withhold water? for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. 
and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they asked him to remain for some days. In Acts chapter 16, when Lydia became a believer, first, first person in Europe to become a believer in Jesus, <clears throat> in uh, verses 14 and 15 of Acts chapter 16, one who heard us was a woman named Lydia, from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what, we were, what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you've judged me faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. And uh, I could just go on with a whole bunch of examples. When the Philippian jailer trusted Jesus. The Bible says that he and his family were baptized is the after they believed in Jesus. So have I beat that horse long enough? You understand why people should be baptized? If you've trusted Jesus, you ought to be baptized because Jesus was baptized. He commands us to be baptized. It's the pattern of believing and being baptized all throughout the Bible and then because of what it means. Any questions about baptism? Have you been baptized? If you have not, you need to be baptized. And you need to be baptized after you've trusted Jesus. Now, the truth is, I was dunked in the water when I was nine years old. But I really wasn't baptized. It looked like baptism, but I hadn't really trusted Jesus. We were having a revival meeting, and uh, Miss Hadley, the resident Holy Spirit in our church, was sitting behind me and, and a girl named Carolyn Webster, and when the invitation was given on Friday night, Miss Hadley leaned forward and said to me and to Carolyn, it's time. And then she pushed us down the aisle. So I went, I went forward. I went down the aisle, and the preacher said, why, why have you come? I said, because it's time. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was time for. But, uh, and he said, well, that's good. And so the next week, Carolyn and I were baptized in a cow pond out in the field. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing or why I was doing it. I just knew it was time. <laughs> and so I... I got dunked in the water. And, uh, and if you had asked me when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, are you a Christian? Have you been baptized? I would have said yes. But I really wasn't. I wasn't a Christian, and I hadn't truly been baptized. I'd just been dunked. But when I was 17, I trusted Jesus. <clears throat> and I was genuinely saved. And then I went to my pastor and said, I need to be baptized. And he might have said, well, I thought you'd already been baptized. I'd have said, no, I've just been dunked. I want to be baptized. So if you've been saved since you were baptized or since you were dunked, you need to be baptized too. That makes sense? You understand that? Baptism is supposed to be a meaningful expression of the fact that I have put my trust in Jesus and I've been born again.
So that's the, that's the external thing that God has given to us to, uh, to be a reminder and, a, and a, an identifying mark of our faith in Jesus. But then he's given us another ordinance. And that's this ordinance that we're going to take here in a few minutes. It's the ordinance that we call the Lord's Supper or the communion meal. And it is a, a reminder to us of the death and resurrection of Jesus for our sin. The broken body, that his body was nailed to a cross and his side was pierced and his body was broken. And it was broken so that we could be made whole. And then <clears throat> there's a cup that we drink, a little cup of, uh, of red juice. And it is representative, actually, of blood. Now, I know it sounds strange. Sounds strange. You know, in, you know, the early Christians were actually accused of cannibalism by people who didn't know what was going on because they, they heard that they gather together and they eat the body and drink the blood. And they thought some kind of cannibalism was going on. Well, it's not that at all, of course. It's the idea that I am receiving into my body something that represents the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's actually a sacred moment. It's a, it's a holy event when we do this because it <clears throat> represents the fact when we eat that little piece of bread, put it in our mouth and chew it up and swallow it, we're saying that the broken body of Jesus has actually become a part of me. And just as I have ingested, just as I have taken into my body this piece of bread, it represents that I have taken into my life the broken body of Jesus for my sin, that he died on a cross for me. And then when we drink that little piece of, that little cup of juice, <clears throat> which represents the blood of Jesus, it's a way of saying the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, has actually entered into me and has cleansed me of all my sin. The blood of Jesus has cleanses us of our sin. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 now, the, the story, the actual event <coughs> of the, the Last Supper is told in Matthew's gospel, Mark's gospel, Luke's gospel, and John's gospel. But the Apostle Paul is talking about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So when we take the Lord's Supper in just a few minutes, you're actually looking in, in three directions by doing it. 
One, you're looking back in remembrance. You're remembering that he died on a cross, shed his blood for you. You're looking inward also. The Bible tells us to examine ourselves and know for certain that we know for certain that we know for certain that Jesus died for us. Be sure that you are a Christian. The Lord's Supper, this meal, is for people who have put their trust in Jesus. And then you're looking forward. He says, as often as you do this, you are reminding yourself of the death of Jesus and his resurrection until he comes. It's saying, I know he's coming again. So those two ordinances, baptism, a participation, I mean, an identification with Jesus, and then the Lord's Supper, a participation in his death and resurrection. Does all that make sense? And seriously, any questions? Does anybody have a question? Anybody say, well, there's something I wonder about, or is it? Or you didn't quite make that clear. Is that clear? If you are not a Christian, you need to trust Jesus. That is just the, that's the most important thing. Baptism doesn't make you a Christian. There are a lot of people who have been dunked in the water and they don't know Jesus. And there are people who have trusted Jesus, but they haven't yet been baptized they're still saved. The baptism does not save you. The water in the tank up here is just plain old Glen Heights water. It's not anything special. And so it's not the water that makes a difference. It's the faith that makes a difference. Whatever is not a faith is sin, the Bible says. And we're saved by grace through faith. And so it's possible for a person to be saved and not be baptized. The thief on the cross who died next to Jesus, obviously Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. But he was never baptized, obviously. And, uh, but if you're a Christian, you should be baptized. You ought to gladly, joyfully, be baptized. I read this last week about a man who was baptized, and he had a, he had he'd been known for being such a filthy mouth person, and he got gloriously saved. And when he was baptized, the pastor raised him up out of the water, and he spit water out of his mouth. And the pastor said, why did you do that? He said, because I opened my mouth when I went under, because I wanted my tongue to be baptized. I want my tongue to glorify Jesus. And I thought, well, I never heard of that before, but that's, that's, that's good. And I want every part of me to glorify Jesus. One man was baptized, and he left his wallet in when he was baptized. And the pastor asked him why. He said, because I want my money to glorify Jesus, and I want my wallet to be baptized. Oh, that's not a bad idea either. But baptism is a way of dedicating yourself, identifying yourself with Jesus, and saying, I am glad to be a Christian. The Lord's Supper is a way of participating in that communion meal 
said that all of us together, we all are brothers and sisters through the same blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to pray. We're going to give an invitation. Now, if you have not been baptized, this is the time for you to come and say, Brother Nick, I want to be baptized. Now, we're not going to baptize you today, but we'll... It wouldn't be a bad idea, but, but we just don't have water in the tank right now. But, uh, but I want you to come and just say, Brother Nick, I want to be baptized. I've trusted Jesus. Now, if you haven't been saved, come and say, I want to trust Jesus. If you have been saved, come and say, I want to be baptized if you haven't been baptized. That makes sense. All right. And if you uh, want to come in some other way, if you're, if you're a Christian, you've been baptized, and you're not a member of this church yet, then you might want to come and say, Pastor, we want to put our life here. We want to serve Jesus here at Bear Creek Baptist Church. So let's pray, and then we're going to extend that invitation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do love you. Thank you so much for giving to us these marvelous symbols of baptism and the Lord's Supper. And I pray that today, those who have not been baptized will gladly come and say, I want to follow Jesus in baptism. And if there are those here who have not trusted Jesus, I pray this might be the moment where they would say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.